Good morning. So great to be with you today, sheltered daily in His Word. I am thrilled to be able to come and spend some time with each and every one of you. Thank you so much for just being attentive to our time, our daily time together. I am glad that the Lord has provided this day for us. What a beautiful day. Thank you again for just giving us the, the opportunity just to come into your uh, place of work. If you're listening on your headphones or uh, if you're in your office or you're in your car or maybe you're just in your living room washing dishes in the, the kitchen or something, but wherever you are, thank you uh, just for allowing us the opportunity today just to share a few moments with you as we shelter in his word. This morning, I'm going to ask you to go Lord in prayer with us. And as we do, I know we, we oftentimes when we go to the Lord, it's always about needs. But you know, I really felt like today, and, I, and I, I'm just going to springboard off of uh, our earlier prayer time that I had this morning, uh, of just giving praise to the Lord. So would you, would you just join with me in, in giving praise, offering just a, a moment of praise to the Lord today? So whatever you're doing, I, maybe you can't uh, take your eyes off of what you're doing, but in your heart, would you just join with me today in, in praise and adoration? So Father, we just want to praise you today. We just want to give you honor and glory for all that you have done. And Lord, just for being with us. You've been so good to us, God. We are thrilled, Lord, in our hearts because that in all that we're dealing with, you are God. You have not vacated your throne. You are there. You are with us. In fact, your word tells us that you are a very present help in our times of need. And Lord, I just thank you for the, the privilege we have of being able to share the word together. Thank you for the opportunity, God, to come and just to, uh, just to bring your people, Lord, as they center their hearts and minds around you. Because, God, you said that if we would have our heart on you and our mind on you, that you would keep us in perfect peace. And that is so, so wonderful right now. Thank you, God, for just blessing. Thank you, God, for lifting us up. Thank you, Lord, for always being there in every situation of our life. God, I just ask you now as we uh, join together in the word that you would just take us, Lord, into deeper places with you. God, as we build our hearts on holy faith, Father, we just ask you, God, to open doors of opportunity for us so that as we go out in our day-to-day, -day, Lord, whether we're, we're in, in, we have to go to the grocery store because we're short on something or we have to run by a gas station to get fuel, Lord, we're, if we have to be out there, let us, God, always, always show forth your praises in everything that we say and do. Bless our homes today. Bless our families today. Bless our children today, Lord. Bless, Lord, those who are involved right now in the thick of all of this that's going on, the medical people, Lord. We're, we say this so often. We just want you to bless them today. Use them, God. Bring a cure, Lord, to what we need more than anything else, let us, God, look up to lift up our heads, to look unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. We ask it today and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been taking the time to look at what, I, what I've termed the, the seven deadly Ds. And over the course of, of time, we've looked at a number of different uh, aspects of that. And and we've, we've kind of been dealing with all kinds of things from dealing with discouragement, disappointment, delay, depression. 
I mean, we've gone down the gamut of things that, uh, that we should be aware of and be mindful of and asking the Holy Spirit to lead us so that we don't allow these kinds of things to invade our lives, but to keep our focus and our attention on all that God is trying to do and through us. And especially in and during times like this, I believe with all my heart that the people of God should be in the midst of all this. We should be the ones that rise above simply because of the fact that our hearts are centered with Jesus Christ there. And that makes all the difference. Doesn't mean that we don't, we don't deal with things. It doesn't mean that we don't have issues. Doesn't mean that we don't have stuff that goes on. But what it does mean is that we are centered on Jesus Christ. And because we are, he's the one that leads us. There's nothing that takes him by surprise. And so when we talk about these seven deadly deeds, you know, we, we, we need to look at this. And I, uh, I want us today, I want us to look at the topic of dealing with defeat. And I, I know that this is, uh, again, you think, well, why would we, well, I, I'm kind of ending it with this because I want us to be aware, you know, that, that this is an enemy that we have to fight against, that we've got to watch out for. And I love the Word of God because it speaks to us about this. And listen to what James tells us in James chapter 3. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man is able to bridle his whole body. This, this word, you know, when you think about what's going on here, it, it, this is the idea of looking at and understanding how that we can uh, deal with matters that come into our lives and know how to conquer them. And while we've looked at, like I said, dealing with difficulty, we've looked at dealing with discouragement, disappointment, doubt, depression, delays, like discouragement, failure, Things like failure are universal. And in fact, when I look at James chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 2, you know, when it talks about uh, how that we stumble in many ways, for it says, you know, the, the King James was, was uh, many things offend all. Uh, we stumble. We all stumble in many ways. Uh, I like what other versions say of this. It says this. It says in the uh, New Century Version, it says that we all make many, we, we make many mistakes. King, New King James Version says, we all stumble in many ways or in many things. The, you know, the uh, Revised Standard Version uh, translates it, says that all of us make many mistakes. Now, I know there's some of you out there that probably say, well, I don't make no mistakes. You know, I, I'm not that kind of person. In fact, I very rarely make mistakes. But, you know, the truth of the matter is we all make them. And, and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just something that we, that we do. And, and the thing is, is that when we make mistakes or when we fail, when that happens in our lives, failure is not a license just to live any way you want to. Just because, you know, well, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble. I'm not going to always do it right. I'm not going to, why bother? Why try? That doesn't give you a license just to go ahead and just do whatever you want to. And I, and I think that that's important for us to remember because of all the things that go on. And one thing that you need to understand that those uh, who are devastated the most by their failures are those who often think and believe that they can live their life without ever making a single mistake. Think about this. People that think they can never make mistakes are usually the ones that are, when, when failure does come into their life, it devastates them. They don't know what to do with it. They don't even know how to handle it. And setbacks and defeat uh, that we face in life 
you know, can oftentimes make people feel like Job did. If you read Job chapter 17, he said, my days are past, my purposes are broken off, and even the thoughts of, of my heart. And you know, what was he saying? He said, you know, it's over for me. You know, my hope is, is, has disappeared. My heart's desires have been destroyed. My dreams have been shattered. There's nothing left. I don't know what to do. And I, I think that that's something that we all have to, we all have to experience. And you, you can conquer those feelings of defeat and failure, I believe. I believe that God, you know, when his word says we're more than conquerors, I believe that. And you can move onto a brighter future, but you've got to learn how to deal with defeat. John Maxwell said like this, he said, the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure. That's the difference. How do you perceive and respond to failure? You know, I, I believe that failure is a training process that we go through uh, on our way to success. That's what I believe. I believe that, it, that it, it's, you know, when, we, when we're going through things and, and we're dealing with matters that are before us, uh, when that happens, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> speaking of failure, I just noticed that I used the word throw instead of through, you know, and I think, oh, no, you know, so, it, that, and some of you are probably look, oh, I see that, I see that. See, I understand, you know, what it, what it means when you don't do everything perfect. And a lot of times people look at this, oh, man. But you know what? That just shows the humanness of who we are. We're human beings. We all experience failures. We all have disappointments. We all have these things. And I, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how that uh, there was one particular individual that, that made a commercial some years ago. You all know him. I'm going to put it on right now. I want you to watch this because I think you can relate to what I'm about to tell you. So go ahead. Let's see what this says. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Why? I succeed. I love that. I love that little clip because it really does speak volumes to dealing with this aspect of failure and defeat. So many people think failure is fatal. They think it's final. Uh, but here's the thing. Michael Jordan, you heard what he said, how many times he missed all this. And yet, and yet today, Michael Jordan is worth $2.8 billion. So what does that tell you? That here's a man that could overcome his failures, overcome defeats, and, 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 and use those things to springboard him to become better than what he was before. I believe that that, that is it. And, you know, and, and the fear of failure, you know, if you, if you let failure grip you, it does three things to you. It'll stop you from trying. It'll cause you to uh, be indecisive. It will cause you to have a perfectionist attitude and 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 the thing is is that it's kind of like this it's like you know i i would uh, i would uh i i don't want to try because i don't want to fail well i would rather try and fail than not to try at all uh some would say well you know uh 
I can't make decisions. Well, I'd rather make a decision and then find out that probably it wasn't the right one at the time than to never make a decision. And I would rather say, you know what, I'm probably not going to please everybody. And that's not going to be my goal is to please everyone. But I am going to do my best to walk and to please God in all that I do. So God is not surprised by our failures. I, I love uh, what it says in Matthew 26 when it said, Peter answered uh, the Lord and he said unto them, he said, uh, though all men will be offended of you because of you, I'll never be offended of you. And Jesus said unto him, I say to you that this night before the, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Wow. How would you like to be told by the Lord himself, you're going to fail me. Peter, you're going to fail me. What did Peter do? Well, I'm so thankful because it didn't keep him down. It, it affected him in the beginning, but his life got turned around. Well, I want us to look at this for a moment. Let's look at defeat. What causes defeat? What causes defeat? Well, I think the first thing is defeat comes when we fail to plan. You know, the Bible talks about uh, over and over again how important it is for us to, 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 to lay out a plan and to have those things. Uh, and a prudent man uh, foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Uh, you know, this is, this is interesting to me because it talks about those who are sensible. If you're a sensible man, you're watching out for problems ahead. And you prepare yourself to meet the problems ahead. But a simple-minded man never looks. He, he just goes on and just suffers a kind of, ah, whatever. I've heard people even say things like this about serving God. Well, I'll just take my chances. Well, that's not a very wise way to live your life. You know, thinking that, well, I'll just take my chances. You, you don't know. You never know what tomorrow holds. And you never know what's going to happen. And, and, and so, you know, when you think about, the, you know, Solomon, when he talked to us, he says, you know, a man's heart, plan, you know, in a man's heart plans his ways. But it's the Lord that directs them. It's the Lord that leads them. So I think it's important for us to understand that if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. You've heard that before, right? And I think it's very important for us to, to understand that. The other thing I think we need to look at is we need to, we need to realize that, that uh, defeat comes when we think that we have arrived. When we're, we think we're all that. You know, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, it says, Therefore, let him who thinketh he stands take heed lest he fall. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride leads to destruction and arrogance, arrogance to downfall. So it's very important for us not to think we've got it all together, not to get so high and mighty that we think we're better than everybody else and that we've just, hey, here we are. I've showed up. Now here I am, the answer to everything that goes on. That's not the way we should live our lives. The other thing is that I think we need to remember what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. I am not perfect. This is what Paul said. I'm not perfect, so I forget what's behind me, and I look to what's before me as I follow Jesus. Think about that. I, I, I can't keep myself looking back. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have everything all together. I know that I've not got my mind always set on the right things. I know that I deal with matters, but I'm not going to let that I'm not going to let that keep me from falling behind. The other thing I think we need to be careful of is that we have to watch out when defeat comes because what defeats us is that when we fail to take risks. You know, oftentimes people are just afraid to take a risk. They're afraid to move in areas where they need to move, and they're afraid to do things that they need to do. But yet 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, and why 
And, and why do we always risk our lives and face death every day? Why do we do that? Because we know that there's greater things, Paul tells us, there's greater things in store and that God uses us. We have to put ourselves out there. If we don't take risks, God can't use us. You know, you think about uh, people in the, in, in back centuries ago when monks would live up in, and they would live behind walls and they would live in these, these sanctuary areas and they would, you know, they would, they would hide themselves away because they were afraid of the sin of the world as if the sin of the world and, the, and sin itself could not invade their lives. When in reality, even inside a monastery, sin very well could get them. You know, you've got to be willing to take risks. You've got to be willing. Every time, every time you walk out there and present Jesus Christ, you're taking a risk. Every time you want to talk to somebody about their soul, you're taking a risk. But you know what? You're never going to see the benefit out of it if you don't take the risk. Another thing is, is I think that when defeat comes into our life, it's because we give up too soon. And I tell you what, this is something really important for us to understand. The thing about uh, when he was talking to Simon Peter, and uh, he'd been out fishing all night, and, and uh, Jesus came to him and said, uh, what do you do? You know, how'd it go? And he said, man, we haven't, we fished all night, and didn't catch anything. And then Jesus says, well, why don't you just cast your net on the other side of the boat? And I, I, I could just imagine Peter's, you know, facial expressions about the time Jesus said that, like, uh, I'm the fisherman here. You're not. And yet he said, but at your word, at your word, I'll let down the net. And uh, so he did. He let down the net. And what happened? Well, Peter didn't know it at the time, but the guy that was sitting on the shore was the one who created all the fish. Next thing you know, they take in so many fish that their boats just about sink. That that is what so many people just want to give up too quick. So many people say, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. You understand that you're just one moment away from the greatest thing that God could ever do. You're just one phone call away of having something change your life completely. You're just one moment away, one, one connection away from God doing miraculous things. I always think about how that, that people, you know, it's, you, we think that people just stumble onto uh, greatness or something like that, and it isn't. But I'll tell you what it is, it's encounters, it's these moments that God designates. But some people never experience it because they give up too quickly. Don't give up too soon. You know, the other thing is I think we, we fail to listen to God. And this is what happens when we give up too soon. It's because we're not listening to what God is saying. I think it's important for us to listen to what God says. The Proverbs tells us that, it says that, that there's a way that seems right unto man, but that way leads to death. So if, if there's a way that seems right to man that leads to death, there must be another way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I think it's important for us to, to make sure uh, to listen to what God says. Because God says, don't give up. God tells us to, to humble ourselves and he'll honor us. God says that greatness comes when we walk by the way of the servant. Everything that man does or everything man says, it's usually opposite of what God is saying. So what we have to realize is that, you know, if man says you can't do something, God says you can. If Satan comes along and says, oh, you'll never make it, just understand something, you're going to make it. So you have to realize that, so listen to God. I think the other thing is, too, I think sometimes that defeat comes because we get a negative attitude, you know, toward life. Sometimes, you know, and it would even, again, 
I don't want to keep referring to what's going on right now, but I can't help it because this is where we're living right at the moment. It would be real easy for many of us to look at things and say, man, you know, here things were going so good, so great, so everything was just moving on, on a high side. And, and, you know, the stock market, man, my, my, my retirement was growing like never before. And, and uh, I, was, I was, you know, thinking about things. And, man, the job situation was going so good. Everything was going so great. And then the next thing you know, the bottom falls out. And the first thing we want to do is we want to start blaming. And we start pointing fingers and we say, well, it's the president's fault. It's the Congress's fault. It's the Senate's fault. It's the House's fault. It's the, you know, it's the mayor's fault. It, you know, we go on and on. It's the preacher's fault. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is what happens is we're just getting a negative attitude about things. But you know what? Negative attitudes don't help us. Nothing's ever going to go the way we want it to all the time. You got to understand that. That there are moments in our lives when we deal with things and situations come up that we that we can't we can't always foresee. We don't always know things the way they are, and, and a lot of times, it, you know, when that happens, it, it sets us back, and so our our attitude gets real negative. And you can't let negative attitudes toward life dictate how you're going to live your life. That that it's one of the worst things you can do. Why? Because another another that brings about another reason why defeat comes. And that is that we refuse to change. See, we can get so fearful about things that we refuse to change. And and and, and one of the things I, I remember, you know, reading this, uh, I don't know who, who it was that said it, but I, I've always, I've said it time and again, you probably said it yourself. The definition of insanity is that if you keep doing what you have always done, then you're always going to get what you've always got. Results only change when strategies and methods change. I mean, that's the reality. You know, keep doing the same thing over and over again. You're going to keep getting the same thing you've always gotten nothing's going to change. And, and the thing is, if you have that refusal of change, then that's going to, that's going to lead to defeating your life because you're, you're, you think, well, why should I, what, what's the use? Why should I keep going? Don't live your life that way. That's, that's, that, that's the opposite of what God wants for your life. So I believe change is important. Now I think about this now, understand this. God says, I never change. I'm the same yesterday and forever. But here's the thing. We ourselves we have to change into and be formulated into what God desires of us. That becomes very important for us. So let's think about this. So, you know, as we move along in our lives, so, so why, why does the, the, the defeat have such a devastating effect on us? Well, the truth is it reveals our weaknesses and our imperfections. And some people don't want that. But it, it does. It shows us how weak we are. Re we realize that. You know that I am weak. I I am I am imperfect. Uh, Galatians chapter six tells us, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now think about that. You know it would be really easy for us, wouldn't it, to go around point fingers at everybody else? The reality is, you could be the very one. It could be you next time. You could be the one, because, you know. We all face these things in life. In fact, the Bible tells us that the God of all grace, you know, he's the one that comes. And, and I love what 1 Corinthians 15, 10, by the grace of God, I am who I am. And I am what I am. I remember as a kid, you know, watching the Popeye. Some of you don't know who Popeye is, but growing up as a kid watching Popeye, the sailor man, and the, you know, he had the spinach, you know, and he would have that. And he would, and he'd always say this, I am what I am. And that's all that I am. And the thing is, is that I am who I am because of him. You are who you are because of, of him. 
See, if we're not careful, when defeat comes into our lives, the reason it becomes so devastating to us is because oftentimes we get the wrong definition of failure and defeat. We don't really understand what it's all about. We think we, we associate failure and, and, and falling or failing. We, we, we look at that as, as if we have, you know, we're not able to accomplish a task. We're not able to do the things that we need to do. But that's not true. That's not true. If we view, if we view failure and defeat as an enemy, then what will happen to us is, is that we will find ourselves at a place to where that we will look at failure as unacceptable. That it's not, that it's not. But I got news for you, and I want you to see this, because in all that I'm talking about today, I think it's very important for us to do the things that we need to do in order for us to respond to failure and defeat. And here's what we need to do. Number one, accept responsibility. Can you accept responsibility? That's right. Don't pawn it off on somebody else, but admit to the fact, you know what? I know that at times I have failed. It, it, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. I don't know about you, but I want to follow the mercy of God. God, I'm a failure at times. God, I make mistakes. I mess up. I mess up. And, and, you know, and that's how you need to respond. Respond to God with a pure heart. Why? God already knows. My goodness. God already knows. Something else you need to do, I think you need to stop regretting and start repenting. Stop regretting. Start repenting. I mean, come on. You know, godly sorrow works with repentance and salvation. All right? So if you have if they have a godly sorrow, you're gonna say, you know what? God, what's there's a difference, godly sorrow, worldly sorrow, right? Godly sorrow, that that says, you know what, God, I recognize that I I am nothing without you. I'm always reminded of that song Amazing Grace that was written. Uh, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And and I and I think about that 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 those phrases in that old that old hymn. And, uh, you know, uh, Newton, when he wrote that, when he wrote that song, John Newton wrote that song, the tune of that song, they say that tune of that song came because he was a slave, he was a slave trader. And God saved that slave trader. But that tune that you hear through that song, he, they said was a tune that he would hear those slaves down in the bow of the slave ships, they would hear, he could hear that over and over again. And the day that God saved him, he used that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me. You know what's interesting about that song? You look at that song, that song can be played. If you know anything about the, the keyboard, it's got the, it's got the ivory keys, then it's got the black keys. That song is played. If you play that song, you can play every bit of that song on the black keys. I don't think that's coincidental. I think it's a testimony. It's a testimony of the grace of God, of understanding that when I repent, when I call on God, when I do that, it makes, it makes a huge, huge difference in my life. And here's what happens. When I repent, you know where my attention goes? My attention focuses on the future. It changes from my present and it, it takes me into a future. And I love how God in his word shows us that he can, we can conquer defeat. We can conquer failures. How many men in the Bible, how many people do we read about in the Bible that live their lives in defeat? And yet I love what God spoke to the prophet Joel 
where he said in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, I will restore the years of the locusts have eaten away. Isaiah 61 says, I will give beauty for ashes. I love that. My goodness. When I think about how that God can take the, the mess ups and, and the messes of my life, and as, as one person said, he can take the mess and make a message. <laughs> Only God can give us a new beginning. Only God can change where we are. Only God can turn things around for us. And I'm thankful today that God can, in fact, do that. So today, as you're moving through your day, remember this. You might fail today. You might have moments where you make major mistakes. You might feel defeated. But I want you to know, bring your defeat, bring your failure, bring those things to the feet of Jesus. And when you do, I promise you this, he'll restore you. He'll give to you what you need to make it through the day. Father, we just ask you today, God, as we come with our weaknesses, we come with our frailties, we come with all the stuff, Lord, that, that, that we have, that, that sometimes, God, we, we don't know how to let go of, but we come to you with it. We make our admission to you, God. We recognize, Lord, that this is not final, that it's not over, but we know that, God, you can take what, what has happened in our lives, and, Lord, if you could, Lord, as your word says, we're just asking you, restore, bring restoration, give a new beginning to someone today. Lord, I'm just asking you right now, just to give them a new beginning, open up new things, fresh things for them as they move forward in their day-to-day -day routine. God, we thank you for it. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining with us and sheltered in his word.